Welcome into the Focused on Fenway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome into another episode of Focused on Fenway. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Today we are going to recap the glorious series against the Yankees from this weekend. Then we are going to preview the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates that starts later tonight. Let's just get right into it. So, Game 1 against the Yankees. This game was last Friday. Uh, the Red Sox would win 3-2. to two. Um, Nathan Navaldi got the start for Boston. He pitched 6 innings, allowing 8 hits, 2 runs, walking 2, and striking out 3. Domingo German was on the mound for the Yankees. He also went six innings. He allowed five hits and one run, walking two and striking out four. Garrett Whitlock would end up picking up the win for um, the Red Sox. He pitched two innings, giving up no runs, striking out three and walking one. And Luis Trevino ended up taking the loss for the Yankees. He only had um, one-third of an inning of work, no runs, no strikeouts, and no walks. So... Kind of interesting how that worked out there. So, the Yankees got off to a hot start. Anthony Rizzo doubled the deep right to score Aaron Judge in the top of the first. And then Aaron Judge hit a solo home run in the top of the third inning. That gave the Yankees a 2-0 lead, but the Red Sox didn't waver. Right away in the bottom of the fourth inning, J.D. Martinez singled the shallow center and scored Alex Verdugo. Then, in the bottom of the ninth, J.D. Martinez once again singled the center, and Xander Bogarts was able to score. That tied the game and sent it into, the extra, sent it into extras. And then in the bottom of the 10th inning, Tommy Pham singled left to score Christian Arroyo, and that was the Red Sox walk-off win in Game 1. That was a fun game to watch. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. So Game 2 was, it, was very, it's, it has a very similar feel to it, except it didn't go the same way. Um, I was very tired watching this game. I had moved into college, or back into college that day, so by first pitch I was pretty tired, but I was able to get through it. Cutter Crawford started for Boston. He pitched six innings, giving up two hits, two runs, four walks, and striking out five. And for the Yankees, Frankie Montas was on the mound. He went for five innings, giving up five hits, two runs, walking two, and striking four. Eroldis Chapman ended up picking up the win for the Yankees. He pitched 1.1 innings, no runs, two strikeouts, and no walks. John Strieber ended up taking the loss for the Red Sox. He pitched two innings, allowing one run, striking out four, and walking one. And then um, Scott Efres would end up picking up his second save of the year for the Yankees. He pitched one inning and struck out one. So, very similar field game one. Like I said, the only difference is it didn't go to extra innings and it didn't go Boston's way. But my personal favorite game of the series, game three, uh, Michael Waha uh, pitched for the Red Sox. Or Michael Waka, sorry. He pitched seven innings. Looked amazing. Only gave up two hits. No runs, walked one, and struck out nine. So, only two base runners 
for the Yankees, or three base runners for the Yankees through seven innings. That, that was awesome. That is one of the best performances we've seen from a Red Sox pitcher all year. Then on the other side, um, Jameson Talion. He also had a pretty good game as he pitched seven innings, but he gave up six hits, three runs, didn't walk anyone, and struck out four. So definitely not a bad pitching performance for him either. Just Michael Waka was able to come out on top. Um, Waka got the win. Uh, Talion ended up taking the loss. That is one of the first Red Sox games in a while where I feel like a Red Sox starter has gotten the win and the other team's starter has gotten the loss. It's nice to see that. Hopefully we can see more of those. And Garrett Whitlock picked up his fourth save of the season. He pitched one inning, giving up no runs, striking out two, and walking nobody. So, really not a whole lot of action in this game either. In the bottom of the first inning, Xander Bogarts grounded out the shortstop, but um, Tommy Pham was able to score on the play. And then in the bottom of the sixth inning, Raphael Devers hit a uh, two-run homer to right, which scored him and Tommy Pham. And then the Red Sox were just able to ride it out from there. So, you know, very interesting series. Um, I wish the Red Sox could have somehow taken the one on Saturday, but as neither here nor there, they got the two out of three. So that is good enough. So that's going to do it for the Yankees series recap. After this quick break, we will preview the upcoming series with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Are you a fan of mixed martial arts? If so, I have the place for you. Brawl Talk MMA is one of the best places to go for interviews with fighters, fight predictions, recaps, and so much more. Brawl Talk MMA is run by my good friend, Will Miller, and let me tell you, he is one of the best in the business. You can follow Brawl Talk on Instagram at Brawl Talk MMA and subscribe on YouTube. Let Will know I sent you. Alright, so now we're going to move into the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but first we're going to, do, we're going to discuss some standings. So for the Red Sox, they are still um, fifth place in the American League East. I refuse to say last, so I'm just going to say fifth. They are currently 15 games out of first, so like I said, that's most likely gone. But they are only, let's see, three and a half games out of not being in last. So if they could get to that, that would be nice. And they are currently only five games out of the third wildcard spot. So if they could find a way to sweep the Pirates in this series, that would they'd likely pick up a game, maybe two, and that would just give them some momentum to maybe claw their way back in there. Plus, pretty soon we're going to get back Trevor Story. Pretty soon we're going to get back Kike Hernandez, uh, Matt Strom. Just a bunch of guys are expected to come off the um, injured list soon. So... Um, I think very soon we can get back to there, or get back into the wildcard spot with our lineup returning. And looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates, just things are not going so well for them this year. They have a record of 45-70, and 70, and they are 18 and a half games out of first in the NL Central. They're only half a game out of last place, though. And looking at the National League wildcard, the Pittsburgh Pirates are 18 and a half games back from that third spot, so pretty safe to say that the Pirates will likely not be in the postseason. So they've pretty much given up on the year. So come on, Boston. Like, you've got to take the bare minimum I'm willing to accept here is two. If they win two of these games, 
they're back to a 500 record. Or no, excuse me. So the Red Sox current record is 57 and 59. If they win three of these games, they'll be, which will be a sweep, they'll be above a 500 record. If they only take two, they will finish this series at a record of 59 and 60. And then you go to play the Orioles. Then you have three, four with the Blue Jays. Then four with the Rays, or three with the Rays. So tough road ahead. Let's get all the easy ones. So we'll just dive right into tonight. Nick Pavetta is on the mound for the Red Sox. On the year, he is 8-9 with a 4.51 ERA, a 1.33 whip, a 129.2 innings pitched, and he has 124 strikeouts and 47 walks on the year. In Pavetta's last appearance, it was last Wednesday night against the Atlanta Braves. He pitched six innings, giving up five hits, three runs, two walks, and striking out five. So Pavetta has been consistently good. He is, I really think he's a lot better than that ERA and that win-loss record says. So hopefully he can prove me right tonight and kind of get back going. Mitch Keller is pitching for the Pirates. He is 4-8 on the year with a 4.25 ERA, 1.41 whip, 112.1 innings pitched, 91 strikeouts to 39 walks. And in his last appearance was on Wednesday against the Arizona Diamondbacks. He pitched 5.1 innings, giving up five hits, three runs, one walk, and striking out three. So definitely not the worst pitcher um, that the Pirates have. So that will be a little bit of a challenge. Moving on to Wednesday, Rich Hill is on the mound for the Red Sox. Rosny Contreras is on the mound for the Pirates. On the year, Rich Hill is 4-5 with a 4.75 ERA, a 1.35 whip, 77.2 innings pitched, 59 strikeouts, and 24 walks. And his last timeout was uh, last Tuesday night against the Atlanta Braves. He pitched four innings, giving up seven hits, four runs, one walk, and didn't record any strikeouts for Rosny Contreras on the year he is three and two with a 3.78 ERA, a 1.38 WHIP, 50 innings pitched, 50 strikeouts, and 22 walks. So that strikeout to inning ratio is looking pretty good for him. But his last timeout was Thursday, July 7th against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he would uh, get a win in this one. He pitched six innings, giving up four hits. One run, one walk, and he struck out seven. So, hasn't pitched in over a month. Um, however, not a bad result last time. Only 22 years old. A lot of promise for this kid. So, I'm interested to see how he plays tonight. And in the series finale on Thursday, Nathan Ovaldi is on the mound for the Red Sox. Bryce Wilson is on the mound for the Pirates. Nathan Navaldi is 5-3 on the year with a 4.15 ERA, a 1.26 whip, 99.2 innings pitched, 96 strikeouts, and 18 walks. In his last appearance, it was Friday against the Yankees. He pitched six innings, giving up eight hits, two runs, two strikeouts, or two walks and three strikeouts, excuse me. So the thing about these Red Sox starters is lately they have not been picking up a lot of wins. However, they are going deep in the games. They are hitting the 5th, 6th, 7th inning consistently, so I think that that is definitely a positive sign. 
However, on the other side, on this one, Bryce Wilson, 2-7 and seven on the year with a high, high, high 5.93 ERA, a 1.51 whip, 71.1 innings pitched, 48 strikeouts, and 20 walks. Not having a good year at all. Um, his last appearance was last Friday against the San Francisco Giants. He pitched 5.1 innings, giving up six hits, four runs, walking two, and striking out one. So, just a tough time for him. Um, not having a great year. So, I'm interested to see how he can kind of get things going. And one thing we're going to kind of look at real quick is some of the, like the stat leaders on the Pirates. Their best hitter this year has been Brian Reynolds, the um, center fielder. He has 17 home runs. He is hitting 259. He has 40 RBIs, and he is slugging 455. And he has an on-base percentage of 345. So definitely one of their most consistently good players. Um, Pittsburgh really not doing so hot this year. Only hitting 221 as a team. They have a 4.63 team ERA. So just, there's not really a lot here to be extremely positive about. So I think they've definitely kind of just thrown in the towel for a year. But we will, that remains to be seen. So that's going to close out our Pirate Series preview. After this quick break, we'll talk about the history between these two clubs. Heading to a game at Fenway? Be sure to stop outside of Gate C and pick up a copy of the Yawkey Way Report. There are plenty of great articles, some written by your favorite podcast hosts, Daniel Locke, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on the best Red Sox program in town. Alright, so we're going to close out the show today by just kind of observing the history between these two clubs, and there's not really much of it. The Red Sox have played 23 games against the Pirates in their history, and they are 13-10 and 10 in those games. Um, they are 7-3 and three against the Pirates at home and 6-7 and seven against the Pirates on the road. The two clubs met up in the 1903 World Series, which was the first World Series championship the Red Sox won. At this point in time, they played uh, nine, no, excuse me, eight games in the World Series. So Pittsburgh took game one, 7-3. Boston won game two, 3-0. Pittsburgh won game three, 4-2. Pittsburgh also took Game 4, 5-4, to four, and then the Red Sox would go on to win four in a row, winning Game 5, 11-2, winning Game 6, 6-3, and winning Game 7, 7-3, and winning Game 8, 3-0, and like I said, that secured them their first championship ever, and then they did not play again until the MLB decided to integrate um, interleague play in the 2000s, and since that 1903 World Series, the Red Sox are 8-7 and seven against the Pirates, so just not a team we see a lot. Um, the only years that the Red Sox and Pirates have played are 1903, 2003, 2005, 2011, 2014, and 2017. So we have not played against this team in five years because we played them in April of 2017. So been over five years. Um, just not a club we see a lot at all. So it's always fun to play these clubs. And I think the Red Sox have this series in the bag. I'm hoping for a sweep. The minimum I'm willing to accept is two. 
And really, actually, I'm not even willing to accept that. Sweep this team. There's no reason not to. You have good pitchers pitching. You've got a lot of depth coming back. No reason to not win these games. And that is going to do it for us today. Um, I'll speak to you after the Pirates series. Between now and the next time, go Sox. Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Have a great rest of your day and I'll speak to you soon.